You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we take a look behind the scenes of this podcast. So stay tuned as I bring two members of the team that works behind the scenes here on the show. This show would not have reached this number of episodes without those people that are now introducing to you. They are really amazing and you'll get today perspective on how we produce the show, what are the different tasks, how are the processes, all kind of different questions that I get asked quite a lot from those that listen to the show for quite some time. So this is your view behind the seats or your listen behind the seats. So stay tuned. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, much, much more. Head over to psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of The Effective Statistician. And today is a little bit of a different one because today I give you a behind-the-scenes view of how everything is happening with The Effective Statistician. I get asked quite a lot in terms of how do you actually produce so much content? Not just the podcast episodes, but also social media stuff, the webinars, this year, the conference, all these things. And most of it actually while working full time. Now, if you are listening to the podcast for quite some time, you have noticed that I mention Rain and her team in the outro of the podcast for quite some time. It actually ju just started with Rain quite some time ago. She and her team are part of the success, actually foundational to the success. The other part that we'll talk about are all the processes, the different steps. So if you want to produce your own podcast or if you want to produce any bigger content over a longer period of time, I'm pretty sure you'll learn quite a lot from it. And if you're just interested in learning how it looks like behind the scenes, then just hang in here. One other topic. If you're listening to this as a regular podcast, that's fine. But this episode, we also recorded in video. So if you want to see Rain and Casey from the team, and if you want to see what's happening behind the scenes, feel free to also have a look into YouTube or 
the other different channels that we have. You can find everything like usual in the show notes. But let's first introduce Rain and Casey here. Hi, Rain. Great to have you on the show. Hi, Alexander. It's a privilege to be talking here in your show. Yeah, I'm Rain. Um, we've been working together for four years now. Yes. Time flies really fast. Yeah, um, time flies really fast. That's that's right. Yeah. By the time when we started working together, I'm not that expert yet in audio and video editing, but because I've been working this for so long and learned so much from you and yeah, upskilling. Right now, I actually do end-to-end, not just audio and video edit. We have seven members in total doing different things. So from me starting me alone, now we have seven members. I'm really proud to say that. And we also have a member of your team here. Casey, how are you doing? Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here on your show. And seeing the growth of the show, I'm a listener also of the show and also I've done editing in this show. So all the topics here are very interesting. It's really a privilege to be here, to be lined up with your guests. So right now, I'm part of the team in project-based. Sometimes I edit the audio. Sometimes if there are other projects to edit videos or sometimes with the show notes or the graphics for the show and updating the websites. So that's what I do in the team. Okay, very good. Thanks for that. By the way, if you don't know, we are sitting on very different continents here. Whereas I'm located in the middle of Europe, in Germany, Casey and Rain sit on the Philippines, more or less on the other side of the globe. Where about in the Philippines are you actually located? Casey and I uh, are now together in Baguio City. It's, it's called Summer Capital of the Philippines because it, we have the coolest temperature in the country. It's like highlands. Because we've been working together virtually for the longest time. We see to it that we still deliver, even though we are on the other side of the earth. Yep. And the other thing is, as you'll see through the discussions, we don't produce last minute. Yeah. So we usually have quite a lot of episodes lined up so that it's not, oh, we need to record something today so it can be published tomorrow. Sometimes we, more often than ever, Want I review things last minute. That's a, that's a different topic. Okay, so let's go into the production of the show. Are actually the ideas for all the different topics, and I very often also get asked, "How do you come up with all these ideas?" When I first started, people were asking me, "Do you think you can?" have enough ideas or don't you run out of ideas for episodes? And I said, that is actually my smallest problem. I have ideas for literally hundreds of further episodes. And every time I go to a conference or I speak to a colleague, there's a new idea coming. And so I keep track of lots of these in a file on our cheat And that brings me to the next topic. Really important for working together are, of course, sharing files and all these kinds of different things. And for that, 
we have a G drive. We could use any other kind of file sharing system, but G drive works very nice for me because I can exit it from all my kind of different devices, including also my smartphone. So when I have an idea, I just track it there directly in the Excel file that we have on the tree drive. Raina, how helpful is the editorial calendar for you? The editorial calendar actually is like our vault of ideas. So there is where we can track what will be the episode for this week to next month up to next year. That is where we can check if you already uploaded the raw files of your episode recording. There is where I can see if you already recorded your intros and outros and the email of the guest that we have so I can communicate with the guest if we need updated bio, updated photo of him or her, and if we need to put new references from the guests that they would like to promote in the episode. So it's really helpful. It's all in one sheet. So it tracks everything. And I update also the editorial calendar. So you can also see where we are at in editing the episodes and all. So it's really helpful and really simple to use. And if you are on video, let me quickly show you how that actually like. This is how it looks like. And we started with it directly pretty early. However, over time, Things changed and yeah, how it looks like has changed. We have, of course, one column that speaks about the date when it should be published, the number. And then sometime we edit a unique episode number. And how did that help you? Since there are times that we need to shuffle the episodes. The number, the naming of the folder will be different and the numbering. So it would be a bit confusing if we just move them without updating the folder numbers. So what we did, we separated the episode number and the episode folder number. So we can reshuffle every time we needed to. And that's easier for us to track where we can find the files in the G drive without renaming everything, renaming the folder number and the episode number. Yep. Yep. So the unique episode number is basically the folder number and in the folder in the tree drive where we store documentation, the files, everything around this specific episode. We Originally, also had at some point kind of the draft title there, but because the draft title is sometimes pretty cryptic or short and not very unique, that was a challenge. That's why we changed to a unique number. And you can see here we have here the title, very often just the working title. Who are the different interviewers here, especially the email address? So, Rain and the team knows who to contact for bio, photos, these kind of things. And also once we have the episode up and running, the guests get some social media content so they can share it. So graphics and things like that. And then basically the whole workflow is shown here in the different columns. We have a column for what I have outlined the show. We have a column for 
whether it is recorded. We have a column for whether we have the intro and outro already. And in this column, I mentioned where I have stored it. We had some other columns here, especially if there's a big event associated with it, like the conference or speaking about the specific course that I'm creating. And then we have columns about the blog, the podcast host, and whether the email is ready. We use a regular WordPress site for our blog, so the effectivestatistician.com basically sits. And you need also a podcast host where all your files sit. And this podcast host then sends the or links the different podcast providers. So like iTunes for Apple, where actually lots of others draw from as well. Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, all these kind of different things. And we use Podigy for that, but there's others. How easy it is, is it to work with Podigy for you? Oh, it's very easy to use, very simple. You just need to upload a file, the edited file, and then put in the text where you wrote in the website. You just need to copy and paste it there and schedule it. So it's really easy and it's already connected to our WordPress site, right? Yeah. And yeah, so once published, everything will be populated. Yeah. And then the Podigy feed also gives you a player that you can plug in into your WordPress site. And finally, we have here a column for ConvertKit. ConvertKit is our email provider. If you want to send a lot of emails, then you need to have a professional email uh, provider that comes with all the management of this. For example, that in your emails, you have an unsubscribe button or that on your homepage, you have these kind of different areas where you can leave your email and all these kind of different things. It takes care of GDPR and all these other different things. And we'll not go into email today in depth because that could be a whole other episode, but basically Rain and her team take care of everything there as well. I just go in there and have a look, check the wording. And because my podcast is pretty niche and Rain and Casey are not statisticians, of course, sometimes need to update a couple of different things. Okay, very good. So that is basically the editorial calendar. And it helps us to support our workflow. It helps us to basically help see on one screen where we are with everything. How many podcasts do we have already produced? Yeah. So you can see here, for example, there's a couple of uh, podcasts that are not yet produced. There's a couple of podcasts where I said there's no info needed because these are sort of very short ones. But you can see here, there's a couple of episodes where I need to review them. So Rangers puts them there for approval. How much does the editorial calendar help you with in your team, actually? I share the calendar with my team directly so they can directly see, monitor if the episode is already recorded and uploaded in the G drive. They could also see if the episode needs to be re-edited or there are some 
yeah, uh, some parts that need to be re-uploaded. Uh, instead of using third-party tools like project management tool that we need to reopen it and then go to another tab, it's much easier and really understandable. Once a team member clicks it, everyone sees it. So no need to ping me, ping him. So everybody gets updated instantly. Yeah, I agree. The communication is better. Like what Rain said, you don't really have to wake her up if she's sleeping just to ask what's the what's the process or what's the progress of this episode you can just go in there and check what which episodes are available for editing and which episodes are done or what steps are going to be next for me or for my side of the team so it's very easy to understand very easy to explain if you're going to onboard another new team a teammate so I think this editorial calendar is really helpful for the entire team. That's a difference in terms of time zones. Yet, Rain actually worked quite late per hours. Our working hours overlap quite a lot, and there's no problems there whatsoever. The other tool we use for kind of short chatting and these kind of things is Viber. But of course, you could use any kind of chat tool for that, so that we quickly move things around. That's quite neat as well. Okay, very good. So that is the editorial calendar. Let's go to another topic, and that is branding. I'm everything but artistic. I was always bad in arts in school, drawing, painting, anything like this still looks pretty much like my uh, kids are doing it. I was super helpful to have Rain on the team because she has a background in digital arts and knows how to produce visuals really nicely. Rain, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you do there and what are all the different visuals that you work with. Before you start anything else, you need to have your branding, right? From the color scheme, from the logo. You just don't choose the color you want or your favorite color, but it should have some description or meaning. If it's more in technology, more on blue, more on nature, more on green, more on health, more on red. So it depends. So in branding, we produce logo, the website design, and of course, the graphics. It should be consistent with the branding. For example, your podcast channel has your face in it, right? It is really you. So when we say the effective statistician, it's Alexander. And when it comes to video snippets or your podcast episode, we need to have a uniform music, intro music and outro music. So it, that is included in the branding side. So we should always use that same music um, with anything that is your content. And for the social media, we can also see blue bars in your logo. So it already shows the branding of the effective decision. It's also more on the corporate side. So we, we use corporate fonts, professional corporate fonts, not just any kind of font, and it should be consistent. So these things should be not just aesthetically pleasing to the eyes, but also consistent with what message we want to relay to the audience. 
And to be a little bit more creative, we play with different elements. For example, when we post in social media, we use your photo. And if it's a podcast episode with guests, we use like the podcast icon. And for video snippets, like a video trailer for the episode, I use, uh, we call that audiogram or video snippets. So this type of medias should be consistent with your branding. So it's not easy to do if you're not into arts and media. It takes a lot of tools to use like Adobe Photoshop, Premiere Pro for audio, we use Audition. But for just basic ones, we just use Audacity for that. So these tools are really helpful for creating different medias and to repurpose your content to different types of medias like audio, video snippets, or just graphics. Yes, that is very good. In terms of tools, actually, my tools are very easy. I use my usual laptop when I record an episode like this one with guests, I use Zoom. and if I record just for myself, I use Audacity, which is a free software or a laptop. If you have a Mac, you can use GarageBand, which is already on your Mac. In terms of all the work that you do, it's really full service for me now. The only thing that I do is I think about what should be in the um, podcast episode. I record it and then. I upload it and then I review things. So it's super easy for me. People get amazed that on average, I spend about an hour per week for this weekly show. Everything else is taken care of by Rain and her team. In terms of the audio editing, Casey, what do you do in terms of audio editing there? Yeah, so for audio editing, that is not where I enter. I usually, I add the audio for intro and outro of the episodes that you create based on the topic of the episode. And then I clean up the episode. Uh, I clear up all the filler words. And also, if there are any background noises or if there are any overlapping when you're, you're talking and the guest is talking, I adjust them so that they will fit and it will be... Uh, audible and coherent for the listener. Sometimes when you're speaking and the guest is speaking all at the same time, it's really hard to understand. So I have to separate them and then it will be smooth and it's like the transition will be uh, better compared to both of you are speaking. And then after that, um, I will edit it in, a, in the Audacity uh, uh, tool. After that, the intro and outro, cleaning it up. After that, and then I'll, I'll file it and then compress it to, so that it will be in a mp3 file and uh, that, which which will upload so while I, while, I, while I'm working with with the audio file it is in the larger file which we call it raw file which is all the details are clearer but the problem there is it's more space consuming <laughs> so it's not it's not good for the prodigy because it will consume lots of space in that platform so what i do is to convert it and compress it enough file it as an mp3 so it's going to be usable and more compact and it's easier to download for the listeners and all the details are still clear and and fine good 
but then it will be more compressed so that it will not take too much space, both in the Audacity and in the file of the listeners or the downloaders. Yeah. And she can do that because within Zoom, there's an option that you get each participant, for each participant, a different audio track. Yeah. And, and if you don't have that, then it becomes nearly impossible to separate <laughs> the different voices. So that's right. that, that is one of the, one of the key things. Yeah. Let's talk about the next step. One, once we have recorded the episode and everything, we need the show notes. What do you do with the show notes? So sometimes it's going to be me or Rain that's going to do, do the show notes. What I'll do is to listen to the episode. So since we're not statisticians, it's really helpful when you are explaining it in the layman's term for us. So when you're talking to, to your guest, uh, you still explain it like uh, someone else that's listening that's not a statistician. So I listen to it and I try to absorb what I can. And then in the show notes, I'll choose which points that are really useful and will catch the attention of the audience so that in a brief time, they will see in the blog post that, oh, this will be the topic that they will be talking about. And this one's interesting for me. They'll have that a preview in a short glimpse in the website that they'll, what are the topics that they'll be interested in. So they'll be enticed to listen to the episode. Yeah, and another way of writing show notes is through scrolling the script or the transcript. Because once the MP3 or audio file is finalized, we run it through a tool to create a transcript. Then we polish it manually. Then after that, we get points from there also. Some very specific or scientific. And then, of course, we always use Google. What is this word? Is this an acronym or is this a word? Who is this person? What is this book? So we also do some research while doing the show notes. And we also use some AI tools to simplify things. But again, it's not just copy and paste. So we, again, proofread things, check it out uh, in Google and sometimes ask you directly if is this the right term, the right word, or the right way to explain the sentence. But yeah, uh, it's quite uh, nitty-gritty in our end, but we enjoy doing it. <laughs> yeah, and since there's some, certain terms like estimons, which are maybe pretty new and still get underlined in a word because that looks wrong. And yeah, over time, you learn about these kind of things as well. And it's pretty cool to have the full transcript on the homepage because that helps with search engine optimization. So we love if there's lots of these keywords on the home. Okay, very good. Now we have everything there. You upload everything and we have the episode up and running. What happens after the episode is uh, we need to let people know about the episode. Rain, what do you do in that regard? That where ConvertKit comes, there is where we write down the email promotion for that episode. So, of course, I create a draft for it, and then you review it. So, based on your voice, it's you writing it down, not actually me. It should be Alexander's voice. We do a 
very catchy introduction, like questions, like, do you want to be like this? Or are you using this tool? Or are you updated enough with R or SAS, this kind of stuff? And then a really short introduction of the episode, why they should listen to it. And then a call to action where you can find the episode link and a little bit promotion below. Like, oh, we usually have this PS if we have like additional related episode or promoting a course or a program, we also put it in there below. And then, yep, that's how we end it and you approve it. Let's talk a little bit about another way to create content. And that is by repurposing. So we have the audio, we have the transcript, we have the blog, we have all the social media stuff. And like today, we even have video sometimes. How do you work with all this kind of different things to yeah, make more of what we already have? Most of the time we find like the highlights of the episode. Is there like a really significant line or a quotable quote from mm. the guest for you? So we get that, we cut it, could be an audio or a video snippet, put a branding to it, make it interesting, add catchy questions in the introduction part and tease a little bit so they would listen to the full episode. And for a 30 minute episode, we can find like more than 10 highlights from that episode that we can actually use to different platforms. We can also tweet these highlights, sentences or questions or tips. And that's really useful. And your audience are really interested with those kind of content. Yeah, and of course, I'm mostly using LinkedIn, but Rain and her team uh, support all the different social media platforms like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or what have you. Yeah. For all these different social media things, you can repurpose things again and again. And with that, we also drive more traffic to all the episodes. Right. Now we have already three episodes recorded, which is quite outstanding. And we would, I wouldn't have reached it without the Rain and her team for sure. I would have been probably burned out before <laughs> completely. Lots of these episodes are still listened to. No, actually, most of these episodes are still listened to. There's very few episodes that are not evergreen episodes, so episodes that don't date in terms of their content. There are only very few that, you know, for something that just happened at the time. People listen to these things all the time. Some of them are our First episodes that we are recorded, number one and two, how to work with a physician, how to work with a programmer are still downloaded all the time. Or there's another early episode, I think it's episode number seven or something like this. Is data science something for you? It's still downloaded all the time. Yeah. That's also what I really love about podcasting. This kind of content doesn't directly die if you have a tweet and such as basically dead after, after a day, <laughs> probably earlier. Yeah. And all other kind of social media things that die pretty, pretty fast. 
I agree with you. Sometimes we re-promote old episodes and we highlight different points. We highlight different points than the first we promoted it. So it's it's something new and they would listen to it again. And it's also beneficial for the newcomers, the new listeners. So if they haven't they haven't heard the previous episodes, but they'll scroll down and they're interested with that. Or sometimes they just see your LinkedIn and there's a topic that is repurposed. It's very useful for the newcomers or new listeners that they'll be enticed to listen even from the older episodes. And those episodes are, like what you said, are evergreen. Yeah, maybe I can quickly show you actually how that looks like. So let me quickly show you how Podigy looks like from backend per perspective how it looks and here you can see all these different episodes when they were published and you can also look into the analytics of the different episodes you can also look into the analytics of episodes over time and here we have a count of 299 episodes speaking about 300 because also, this episode is pre-produced, and by the time it airs, we'll have more than 300. This is includes also all the different episodes that we, for example, republished and things like this, or very short episodes where we just had, hey, there's a new course, it's five minutes episodes. We had some of these. I didn't have that in, the, in my official count. So, as you know, in statistics, even counting is not a, you know, one precise thing because it depends on what you call an episode. And you can see that here in the last four weeks or in the last months, we have now seven and a half thousand downloads and streams. This is really big, especially if you look into where we started. Here's the timeline of when we first published the episode, and that was in March of 2018. I actually set up Podigy on the 21st of November of 2017. So that is nearly six years ago. I was thinking and working on it even a little bit longer. So we, you know, overall, the podcast is about six years ago. Depends always what you call the start of the podcast. And there you can see in the first months, yeah, we published at the end of March, we had 212 downloads. In April, the first full months, we had 927 downloads. And then it continuously increased. In October 2019, we already had close to 4,000 episodes. Let's look, have a look into when I actually brought rain on the show. That was about June 2018, wasn't it? 2019. 2019. It was in 2019. Yeah. So I was already doing the show for a year. And there we had 2,200 episodes downloads per month. And that increased quite a lot. There was a gap or dip during the COVID time. But then after COVID, it really jumped up again. And in 
this month, in, as we are recording it at the end of June, we already have more than 6,200 downloads for this uh, month, and it's not even complete. So it's a really nice upward trend. And overall, we are very close, as we are recording it, to 200,000 downloads overall. It really is amazing to me. Yeah, if you think about it, 200,000 downloads of episodes. Yeah, each episode is between, on average, 30 to 60 minutes. Yeah, this means about something like 150,000 hours of content that got provided to users. And even if they don't listen to everything, that's probably between 50,000 and 100,000 of hours that people listen to this episode. And this is only possible because of the Rain, Rain and her team at VVS. One other thing. Yeah, Rain. It's just amazing to have an overview of that. And time flies really fast, but numbers are really great. So I think I can actually imagine what will come next. Yeah. The other thing that is, of course, important is how many people subscribe to our email list. And do you remember how many we had when you joined, Rain? I think just around 5,000. No, 500. 500? <laughs> oh, wow. 500. <laughs> we, it was a very, at the time, I was really proud about it, since the early beginnings. But over time, things have changed really quite a lot. If I'm looking into the, the overall timeline, yeah, I'm just opening ConvertKit for that. Yeah, we had, when, when you joined in June, yeah, we had about 600, a little bit more than 600 subscribers. And then it really went up. During COVID, it was a little bit less. But now we are about 14,000 14, subscribers. Yeah. It actually depends on how you count. Also, within ConvertKit, the numbers are not always the same. But if I send out an email every week, it goes to more than 15,000 people, which just blows my mind. Thousand listeners. I actually, in the, in the beginning, wasn't even sure that there were so many people could even listen to my, to this podcast, yeah? So that's a little bit about the behind the scenes. And all of that is possible because of Rain and the team providing consistently high quality. Uh, and you know what? I didn't have a big budget when I started. So I was really helped that I found Rain. We worked together over the years. Uh, she learned quite a lot. I learned quite a lot. And the communication is, I think, another really important piece. We have weekly catch-ups where we shortly talk about what is the status of the different things. Is there anything, you know, difficult at the moment? Is there any problem coming up? Can we improve the process? Anything like that. And through this really nice and open communication and you know, because we can both share our, our struggles, it's a really trustful collaboration. 
as well. I agree with you. Casey, any final words for the listener from you? I would just like to say that this episode is really awesome. Yes, we were able to discuss the beginning of the effective statistician and the growth of it. And also, I would like to invite all the listeners who are interested to have their own podcast and have the assistance of the VBS and Rain and the, the entire team. We'd like to invite you and we're ready for you. So I hope that we'll be able to collaborate and like what Ag said, it's a trustful relationship and it's a long-term relationship and we'll grow together. That is a, a promise from the VBS team. Rain, what are your kind of takeaways from today's episode and what are your main points you want to get to listener? First of all, when I started with you, I'm not that really competitive enough doing this stuff, but right now, after four years, I can say that we're confident that we can really help you from end to end. We are ready to take all these nitty-gritty stuff off your plate and you focus on the content, which is the main dish your business. Let us help you grow this. Your business reach wider audience. Promote it. And yeah, you just have to wait for the result. And we will make sure that we are trustworthy. Like what Alexander said, we just begun with trust and everything is history. So for starters, it's really a great opportunity to grab this. Let's build your brand together. That's the most important thing for starters. And we'll dive more on how to make your audience wider, make them stick with your channel. We have this different marketing strategies that we would love to share with you and do with you. So just let us know. You can contact us through some information that you'll find in the show notes. And before anything else, promoting our VVS team, I'd really like to express my gratitude to Alexander Scott and the effective statistician for giving us this opportunity to grow and do business and just as business partner, but be our mentor. Number one, you can teach skills, but work ethic and values comes a long way. And it's really hard to find someone you can trust and build your business with for long term. We're here. And we have Alexander to back us up <laughs> with what kind of work we do, our values in the team, how we can actually adjust on how you work, your strategies. We're really flexible with everything with regards to budget or not the budget, the style or the approach that you want. We are really excited and grateful at the same time. That, and we want you to join us, not just with UVS, but with the effective statistician and Alexander together. And I can tell you, yeah, even if you think about, well, Alexander published already all this content, there's so much more out there. Yeah. I'm just going into certain things very on a top level. Yeah. That'd be simulations of Bayesian design or adaptive design or multiplicity or reworld evidence or biomarkers or all these different areas. Yeah. If you are passionate about your topic, there's very likely podcasts in there. If you're working for a CRO, that is awesome way to promote your stuff. It is, you can promote your personal brand, 
you can promote your CRO. And even if you work for a pharma company or university, I'm pretty sure there's something in it for you. There's also the possibility, by the way, to have company internal podcasts. Through Podigy, we can also create a protected podcast so that only certain people actually get it. Yeah, so that's another opportunity. Comes with a little bit of a different pricing system, but if you're doing it for your companies, that shouldn't be really a big difference. Thanks so much, Rain and Casey, for being on the show today. This was a little bit of a longer episode for the behind the scenes, and I'm really looking forward to the next 300 episodes we are producing together. Thank you. Thank you so much. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain and her team at VVS who helped with the show in the background. And thank you for listening. Reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Just be the effective statistician. Oh,